Welcome to Gunner Trash, episode 379, Shipwreck, by Warren Ellis and Phil Hester. My name is Eric. And I am Jason. Hello, Jason. Howdy, sir. How are you doing? I'm I'm good. Good? Yeah, yeah I'm good. <laughs> good Good to hear. Yeah? Yeah. How about yourself? I'm okay. Sweet. Huh? Hey, okay for you is better than good for me. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the spectrum. Oh, right? sure. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Are, are we on the spectrum? Uh, we probably are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's a, it's a nice day. It's like... It's, no, it's not. Oh, it's beautiful. It's been raining all day. I love it. I I hate the sunny days. Well, that's true. You, you <clears throat> are a vampire. I'm an enemy of the sun. Burst into flames uh, <laughs> in the daylight. I, I swear, when I would drive around... Like, so, the listener can't see, but my... Points of of uh, bubbling skin here are like on the elbow, which I sometimes um, thoughtlessly like leave hanging up, dangling through the window. Sure, in the sun, yeah. or or the parts of my knuckles that grip the wheel. Yeah. So anywhere where the sun like touches me, I burn, and it reminds me so much. I'll be driving down the road, and I can just feel it burn, and I'll like I'll like pull my arm back inside, yeah. and I always feel like Lance Hendrickson from Near Dark when he's driving that van, <laughs> <laughs> and like. And he's like trying to like see, and he's got all the windows blacked out, and he's like arms on fire when he's like poking his hand at the window. <laughs> I really feel like, feel like that. Yeah. But I got my cortisone. I went to the doctor, and uh, he gave me a prescription for cortisone because you know you can't just buy that shit right. over the counter. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not like an AK forty-seven. I mean, we're talking about cortisone. Here. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you have to wait. You know, get in line for that. So I, it's my point one percent cortisone. Uh, so, so it's working though. That's good. Yeah, it feels a lot better. Yeah. Not burning as much. Yeah, that's good. Uh, well, for us normal people, it has been uh, raining pretty much all day, nonstop, almost for the last two days, and uh, it sucks because <laughs> you're driving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, I fucking love it. Yeah, and I don't have air conditioning, so yeah. you know, it's either uh, die of heat exhaustion or get wet while driving on. For I'd probably rather get wet. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I choose that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the name of your uh, um, die or get wet. <laughs> I thought it was just get wet. Well, that was the original. The sequel is yeah, die yeah. or get wet. Your uh, your high school uh, yearbook uh, column that you ran. Yep. Get wet with Eric Schoenborn. <laughs> it's uh, it's amazing. I was not more popular with the ladies. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah. you did review nothing but Skinamax movies. Oh so, yeah, so that was probably right. You you thought that that would be a well, yeah. You, know, yeah. you thought you would pull in a female readership, but apparently not. Yeah, I, I feel just like J. Scott Campbell. <laughs> well, did he did he think he was going to pull in a female readership? Uh, there there was a hubbub this week online about uh, uh, a woman posted a thing on Twitter about how uh, you know it was like, dear Marvel, you know if you uh, really want to bring you know new female readers to your books, maybe don't have J. Scott Campbell draw covers for them. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, that's that's yeah, okay. that's been a thing that's happening. He did a pretty sweet. Uh, Weapon H variant cover this week. Oh, yeah. It was a, it was an homage to the best foil cover ever. 
Uh, Fantastic Four three seventy five. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was that it was basically that cover redrawn without the foil though. Oh yeah. So yeah. I, I I think Jeremy showed that to me yeah. uh, Tuesday or Wednesday when I went in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it is. Uh, you know, yeah, an homage to to everything nineties. Yeah, <laughs> but without the foil, <laughs> which sucks. Yeah, yeah. If the comic doesn't have foil. I ain't reading it. Exactly. Well, then that's why we read this this shiny covered version of Shipwreck. <laughs> Yeah, would would uh, would something like that go in your uh, enhanced covers box? It's not quite enhanced. The, so the trade paperback here of Shipwreck yeah. has like a shininess to it. It's got a, a varnish yeah. on it. Yeah. Although, although I did hear from uh, <clears throat> a little birdie told me that there's an upcoming issue of Cerebus and Hell that's uh-huh. going to have a foil logo. Nice. I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> I I occasionally forget that you are 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 acquaintances with a celebrity. That's right. Yeah. With with insider knowledge. Mm-hmm. This is true. <laughs> uh. Yeah. <laughs> Full covers. They're all the rage. Yeah. DC is bringing them back. Kids love them. Yep. You know what? I love them too. They're pretty great. Yeah. I mean. The only ones I ever remember buying back in the 90s because the cover was... Silver Sable number one. <laughs> I just bought that because it was a Marvel number one, and I bought all of them at the time. I was one of those. But I bought all the glow-in-the-dark covers because I just thought they were amazing. Sure. And I hung them all up on the wall. I had, like, it was, like, Ghost Rider and uh, Green Lantern and you know, just, a like, Batman, and there's a few others, and they were all just... Along my wall, Spectre had a couple. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about this yeah, before, but yeah. but those are the only ones that actually like made me buy them just because of the covers. Right. Um, the rest of them, I was like, you know, that's that's cool. That one's not cool. This one's cool, but yeah. I, I didn't buy them solely because of the cover. I can't say that I ever bought anything just for the cover. I can say that some of them that I bought to read uh, that happened to have covers. I would buy two of them. Yeah. One to read and, and one, one to keep. One to make you rich later. Yeah. <laughs> How's that working out? Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I just uh, got a tune-up on my Rolls Royce. <laughs> Had to drive the Benz for a few days while it was in the shop. But, Thanks, you know. Wildcats number two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Comic books. So dumb. The only thing dumber than comics in this room is 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 us. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so shipwreck. Yeah. The uh, GI Joe character. I he made this joke last. Week. I was very disappointed when I opened this up. <laughs> I realized it was not a GI Joe comic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's let's uh, let's talk about it. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> It's weird. It's a weird yes, book. Yes, it is. Um, but it's a good book. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, so I've I was a big fan of Warren Ellis in the the nineties and early two thousands, and and somewhere along the line, I mean he he did stop doing as much stuff as he used to, uh, but somewhere along the line, I just sort of lost. Uh, not interest, but just 
There was just a glut of his work, and uh, some of it was better than others. Well, sure, there is that. Uh, I I did hit a string where there was more misses than hits. <laughs> uh, but um, I also found that the more independent work that he did, uh, the less I liked it. Really? Yeah, okay. which is... Usually not the case. Right, yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, you're always, like, a, I'm, I'm sure on here several times we've talked about how when we like a creator and they do their own independent work, yeah. we're more excited about it. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I feel that Warren Ellis is one of those writers, though, that um, benefits from editing. Yeah. And restrictions. Like, if he has a, if he's grounded with a, a like a, a, uh, not not just a character, but a product. Or, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Not product, but, like, something that's an entity in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, he, and he just has to, like, build off of it. Yeah. He's stronger there. I think so. Uh, or, or even, you know, in the case, like, when he was doing, like, Wildstorm stuff, you mm-hmm. know, like, Authority and Planetary. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he still had, you know, editorial that he had to go through, or, or you know, there were certainly, you know... He could push the boundaries of it, but you know there were definitely certain places that he could not overstep. Right, and you know, and then I read you know some of the stuff that he was putting out through like Avatar, and it was just like you know Warren Ellis goes crazy. Yeah, and boy, they were not great. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever read like you're talking about like Doctor Sleepless and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like I've never read any of those. Gravel or, or Strange Kisses, I think, are, are some of the ones that stick out to me the most. Now, were they just not linear, or were they just bad? Uh, I just did not enjoy them at all. Yeah. It was just every... Every cliche that I can think of that Warren Ellis does, like every trope that he, he trots out, you know, through most of his work, you know, the the, the recurring themes and, and little bits that he does, you know, that... that you can easily point out in almost everything that he's done. Uh, you know, when, when he doesn't have like a strong editorial voice telling him, yeah, maybe not do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely him just indulging in those things as right. much as possible and does not make for a compelling read. Uh, yeah, I feel like, I feel like he's a writer. I actually want to read more things by because I've I've read surprisingly little. Like I I know I've read Authority and Planetary and obviously Shipwreck, but I I don't I yeah, I don't think I've read much of his other stuff. Yeah. Um and he has a ton out there. Yes so. he does. Yeah. Um you know, I think he's like I said, I think he's definitely better when, when somebody is around to to say maybe you know don't step over that line. You yeah. know and I don't know if he had that on this book or not. I don't know if it was an editor. Uh, it was pretty strange. It's very. It's definitely strange. Has a lot of surreal imagery and. Yeah. He he does have an editor on it. Uh, Mike Marks. Uh, you know. Uh, so I don't know if if you know. And I I recognize the name Mike Marks. I'm gonna guess. X-Men editor for a while. Okay. Um, 
and and so it is very strange and it is non-linear. Uh, and definitely, I'm not sure. I guess what I expected out of this book, but it definitely was not that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, that's that's the thing I, I think I loved most about this is I read the first issue just on a whim when it came out, yeah. and I was like, I was like, okay, this is this is strange, but I'm not sure where it's going. Yeah, and I'm not sure if, like you'll ever know where it's going, but right. but then I I I just like kept buying them, and when I read them all at once, yeah, it was not what I expected there. Um, it does travel along the same themes as some of his other works, for sure. Like escaping? And yeah, like uh, exploring, you know, other worlds, uh, you know, encountering, you know, you know, the the, the weird and, and the... Dark and violent. Yeah. Uh, but it, it definitely... Uh, is still grounded enough that I would definitely rank this, you know, among you know his works of like Planetary and the Authority and, and Transmit even. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know that this isn't my favorite thing I've ever read by him. Right. Um, I just I really like the feel of it. Like even though it it is like like we said, it, you know, he it's about a character who finds himself in another world and there's a lot of like dark surreal imagery going on but it has like the main character has this kind of like calming tone about him yeah. like even the entire book he's he's basically just walking through this world and uh it's not like he's like riding a motorcycle or right, like right, swinging yeah. through the trees i mean he's like it's like this really calm methodical pace and he's just kind of like he's our viewer into this world where yeah. we just kind of see some of the strange characters and the things they're doing and and as he's trying to figure out and He's obviously in a in a state of, you know, he's not quite sure what what his experience has been because yeah. he's he's had a jarring experience. Sure, uh, I think that you know definitely comes across very well in this book is is that sense of confusion because mm-hmm. uh, I was definitely confused, you know, uh, the yeah. first couple issues for sure. Right, oh, yeah. uh, but you know, it, it's through. His eyes, the the main character, uh, Doctor Jonathan Shipwright, um, <clears throat> in basically because we're learning and experiencing all this crazy shit at the exact same time that he is, yeah. you know, and he's still trying to get a feel for what's happening to him. Yeah, and 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 it is so strange because it kind of looks like our world. I mean, it's just you know normal looking humans in like kind of a bizarre setting yeah. but it's not so bizarre that it couldn't be right here on earth right and and when i first read the first issue or maybe even the second one i kind of thought maybe he was like having some sort of mental breakdown or you know he was you know dreaming some of this and confusing it for reality like right. it was kind of you know Lynchian in it that way definitely is or, or you know and, and- he never really, I mean, he does build that up, you know, that, that it is like all hallucinatory, uh, or, you know, there, there's hints that there could be like some sort of weird supernatural bent to everything that's happening to, right. you know, like he could be in hell. Right. And, and like, there are so many things that happen that are 
like weird coincidence that you know you just have to wonder like you know is there like some sort of weird like evil god that's like manipulating things yeah you know? i think that's why i kind of thought maybe a dream too because some some of the people he would encounter and the situations that sort of happened right you know right in a row from each other it almost right. seemed like a, a dream like situation where your mind is sorting things and piecing them together and right in a linear way <clears throat> even though it doesn't necessarily seem like they fit together yeah i think another thing that helps that is that uh <clears throat> you know some of the the events and, and imagery are so bizarre uh that like here's just a pet peeve that i have in like all forms of entertainment uh is like whenever a dream is represented in a movie or tv show or book or whatever like it's always like you know here's a linear thing from the past that this person just is remembering and you know or like everything makes sense up until like this weird nightmare turn right uh but like that's not how dreams work dreams yeah. are fucking weird oh yeah and they're more like an issue of sea guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, like, like you, like even the best remembered dream, like when you try to verbalize it oh, yeah. or like write it down, like <laughs> makes no fucking sense. Right. Like, even if you remember every last detail of it, oh, yeah. it's just fucking bizarre. And this really gets that across very well. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, there's some interesting little side characters that he encounters yeah. as he's like walking through on his. He's he's basically, you you know he's he says from the beginning he's looking for a man named Isham, yeah. um, and you don't know exactly why, but uh, you know on his road to find this person, he encounters a lot of strange behavior in this in this kind of half desolate world. Yeah. Uh, I know you you mentioned David Lynch and. I know Ellis is a big fan of, of his work. Uh so, you know, it's it's you can definitely feel the that influence, like, you know, especially when he winds up like in that weird town with at the bar. Oh yeah. And and the uh the lady who when I you know, she got introduced, I was like, Well she death? Yeah. You know. <laughs> but she may not be and I don't think it's ever really revealed no. who or what she is yeah or... which is fine it's, yeah yeah, it, yeah yeah and there are things not revealed in the series that that don't seem like they're just missing it just seems like a perfectly natural way to tell this story right yeah. like you don't need to know everything it's it's kind of you know ambiguous and right dreamlike yeah but it does have a story i mean you find out why he's i don't know if we want to talk about the whys but he's why he's chasing Isham. And, yeah. You know. Uh, I, I, I'd like to leave that as vague as possible because, mm. again, I, I... I think that adds to the story. It we, really does. Yeah. I didn't know much about this going in. Yeah. And, and, I knew nothing about it. I, yeah, just, yeah. I just remember seeing the artwork and, and, like, I like Phil Hester. I mean, like, he drew, what, Green Arrow and yeah, some other things. Yeah. But... He's drawn pretty much everything. But this is the coolest artwork I've ever seen by him. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed his work in this book. Uh, 
yeah, I was I was interested because you know Warren Ellis, you know, whether I read whatever he's working on or not, like I always kind of pay attention to see. I was like, oh, is that something that I want right. to pick up? And like this grabbed my interest immediately because it's Warren Ellis working with Phil Hester. Yeah, and and I really like Phil Hester. Um, yeah, it's he's. Like, I, he's an artist I, I've been aware of, but I've never been, I, I've never really, like, kind of followed his work, but man, yeah. his work is beautiful in this book. Yeah. It's so strange and surreal and cartoony at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I know that he personally underwent, like, uh, like eye surgery over the last couple of years, and I know that I feel like that happened sort of while this book was like coming out. Like, oh, I, wow. I, I know this book was delayed a couple times. I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah, it took yeah, it took at least a year. Yeah, and it's six issues. So. Yeah. Uh, and so like I kind of like wonder is like you know because it's still obviously his work and his style. Like like it's very you know recognizable. Very recognizable. Like he does have a solid voice, uh, but it is just a little different, uh, a little sketchier, a little rougher. And I like. I wonder if, like, you know, at the time when he was recovering, he was like also attempting to like draw the parts of this book too. You know, right. and if that, in a weird way, lent to like the look and feel of, of huh. this book. Yeah, maybe. maybe I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, that, that doesn't make sense as far as, especially the delay and things. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely some of his best work I've seen in, in a while. It's beautiful. And I've never heard of some of the other people involved, but like the colorist is Mark Englert, and he is phenomenal. I've heard of him as well. Yeah. Like the coloring in this book is a 10 out of 10. Oh, it, yeah. It's so well done. I definitely agree. Uh, I guess we should praise the letterer. The fucking letterer, man. Yeah, go letterer. Uh, <laughs> we're assholes. Uh, Marshall Dillon. Yeah. He, he's gonna arrest us all. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Eric Gapster? Is the anchor? Is the anchor, yeah. Yeah, everybody was great. Oh, like, yeah, this is, uh... Because there is some cool things. Like, I saw... Because you have the trade, and I've got the singles. And I saw on the back of both of these, there's different um, process pages where, like, in some of the single issues, they show a page from that issue, and they show, like, the script, the pencils, the inks, then the color added on, and then the letters added on, like, yeah. all, all steps. And it's really cool to see it come alive, and everybody, everybody involved is clearly... Uh, like professional, no, oh, yeah. very good at what they do. Yeah, I would definitely rank this among the best works of of both Ellis and Hester, uh, especially in, in a long while. Uh, <clears throat> and yeah, like I, I, I don't want to give too much away about the plot because yeah. cause it really does help to to go in mostly blind. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and. and you know, we, we, I think we both mentioned, you know, the beginning is a little confusing, but everything, everything that needs to get explained gets explained. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, I'm glad you said that because I feel like the way we kind of talked about it is like, it sounds like a muddled dreamlike mess, but right. no, it's like, 
it's just bizarre enough and just just weird enough that keeps you interested. But yeah, right. by the end of it, you're satisfied. Yeah, I would. I would say that had I read this as it was coming out, I probably would not feel that way. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, especially since it was you know delayed a few times, uh, just just that gap in waiting between issues and how it's structured, it definitely reads better as a whole than I think it would as oh, chapters. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I think I only read the first two as they came out, and yeah. after that, I was like, I'm I'm gonna wait. This is one that. Yeah. Like you know. Like like I feel like. Patience on it is a virtue, because, like, yeah, like, two chapters in, I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah, you know? right. But, like... And it's only six issues. Right, you know, and, you know, it's like if you're watching a movie, and, like, you know, the first 20 minutes are, like, really weird, but then by the time you get to the end of the movie, everything's all been wrapped up and right. fully explained, but if I had to watch it, like, in only 20-minute bursts every other day, yeah. you know, I'd be like, yeah, this is right. not great. <laughs> Yeah. So it definitely reads better as as a trade, or if you find all the issues, yeah. you know, just read it at once. Yeah, I read them all kind of in one setting. So. Yeah, as did I. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful work. Yeah. Uh, good characters. Uh, informative. Like, and, there's a little bit of like weird history lessons. Yeah, there there is, and then some science lessons. But it, but then like I never fact checked them, and it oh, is sure. taking place on a parallel yeah. kind of place so so who knows you know right, maybe, right. maybe uh huh uh i do know you know uh, ellis is, is very much uh, a sci-fi guy and this is definitely a sci-fi story yeah um yeah kind of like a modern you know i don't know twilight zone-ish kind of thing because it does sort of have that ending where it's ambiguous as to what what happened to the main character. Right. Um, like, I don't know if he's in a terrible place or if he's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the one thing that can be said is that uh, uh, Dr. Jonathan Shipwright definitely suffers from some sort of mental disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yes. And, and should probably have sought out uh, professional help rather than uh, build an interdimensional uh, travel machine that takes them to other worlds. Uh, we all run away from our problems from time to time. Yeah, yeah. He just, like, went with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, so... There's a, a Warren Ellis trope that... There are elements of it in this book, but... Not to the point where, like, that I was worried that I was going to just be taken out of it and dislike it. Right. Uh, what trope is that? So, back in, in sort of his his mainstream comic heyday, uh, my friend and I used to always make a joke that, you know, every single lead character in a Warren Ellis book uh, wore all black, smoked cigarettes, and was just angry at everybody. <laughs> uh and uh I don't recall a single cigarette being smoked uh, throughout this entire story. Uh and uh people were cynical but they weren't like right. 
overtly hating of humanity. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and usually the, the Ellis thing would, you know, the, the hatred of humanity would eventually, you know, give way to, to just, uh, a deeper, uh, weird kind of love for humanity and a, and a need to save humanity. Uh, that comes through more right. than any kind yeah. of cynicism against it, uh, in this book. It's yeah. still there. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I mean, without spoiling too much though, there, there are sort of tropes of, uh, of, of that, um, hating humanity still because, Jonathan does have a choice to make at one point whether yeah. he wants to, um, you know, stay on this like half desolate world or try to join his, his, his old world. Right. Where, you know, all the people are there that right. kind of ruin your life. Sure. Um, so yeah. I yeah. don't know. I don't yeah. know. He kind of, I don't know. As, as, uh, we're, we're folks who, uh, who don't enjoy a crowd. No, we do not. <laughs> like, this is about as crowded as I like it. Yep. yep. It's me and you in a room. Yep, pretty much. Uh, and, uh, it's weird because I'm, 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 you know, currently in therapy and, and this is something that actually sort of got brought up, uh, this past week was, was just my, uh, my own, uh, inability to deal with crowds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, uh, I can't say from, from where I sit right now that, uh, he made the wrong decision right. at the end. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. But, people, uh, people, yeah. right? Yeah, I know, people, right? People. Like, yeah, the, the, this was, was brought up in my therapy session was like, you know, like, you know, things that you do that affect your life that, that, you know, uh, like you generally, like, you know, in order to avoid crowds, like things that you've done, you know, just so that you wouldn't have to deal. Yeah. And it'd be like, you know, well, yeah, I'll go to the grocery store at like midnight. Yeah. Just because I know that there won't be a ton of people there. Right. And, uh, like just today, uh, I woke up at 2.15 a.m. So that I could go do my laundry. Uh, right. With other people. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I was, was uh, telling a, a friend of mine uh, this today, and, and she was just sort of flabbergasted that anyone would do that. But I was just like, I just, I don't want to. Oh, yeah. Know, yeah. And, and so, like, two weeks ago I went to do laundry, and I did the whole get up at 3 a.m., you know, and then go out to the laundromats. Uh, I drove out there and there was like 10 cars in the parking lot and the place was fucking packed on like a Thursday morning at 3 a.m. And I turned around and went to a different laundromat because I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with those people that they would all get up at 3 a.m. to go do their goddamn laundry? They clearly have mental issues. Exactly. (laughs) Fucking psychos. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and that's us. Yep. Although I, I think I'm a little worse than you are about things like I, that. I, I d- occasionally have days because, I mean, I love my job, but I, I do pretty much deal with people constantly for yeah. my entire work shift. And so there are days when I get off work that I don't want to talk to anyone, whether it be 
you or my mom <laughs> or my wife. Like, I just want to, like, there's times where I'm like, I just need a break. I need, like, four hours where I don't see another human. No, yeah. You know, it just happens. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like maybe you should just stop living with people. <laughs> if honestly, and like, and this isn't, I, I mean, like my life has changed drastically in the last year because, you know, I'm married now and right. I have a couple kids in the house half the time. But this isn't a new thought of mine. But if I could have three months every year where I didn't see a single human, I would fucking love it. <laughs> once, just once a year for sure. three months. Sure. So just a quarter of my life right. without other humans. I get it. Within like a five mile range. <laughs> I understand. Or even a mile range. That'd be, that'd be fine. Like yeah. That. I mean, you'll, you'll need like necessities and stuff. You well, know. you know, I'll stock up. Oh, yeah. I'll have like a shack or something. <laughs> but yeah, if there was a place I could just like hang out, like in the, like not even in the woods. I, I'm thinking more like a sci-fi kind of scenario where I'm right here. Sure. In Dayton. There's just no other humans. Like, that would be ideal. Now, what if, uh, instead of going to work for three months, like, you just spent eight hours, like, in a, in, like, just a room by yourself for, like, you know, ten hours a day. That'd be amazing. And then you just go home to your wife. That'd be amazing. (laughs) Amazing. I mean, I would need to get paid for it. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, this replaces your job. That sounds yeah, great. Yeah. I'm maybe, maybe pays a little less than what you're fine, making. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Uh, anybody out there, Warren Ellis, if you're listening, uh, make that happen for yeah. us. I'll read you. you read all your books. Yeah. You're, you're a sci-fi guy with influence. Yeah. Get it done for us. <laughs> yeah. I'm down. Yeah, Shipwreck was, was, I was honestly a little surprised how much I did like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure exactly how it was going to go, but it definitely ended, ended up being something I really enjoyed. Yeah. And I think it's one of those books that ends in a way that you could see it continuing on in some fashion. Right. Uh, but at the same time, like, I kind of don't want it to. I don't, I don't expect it to, but I, thought, I don't expect it to either. But, but I thought the same thing. I was yeah. like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, what if I saw a number seven offered? Right, right. I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. But it doesn't need it. No, it does not. Yeah. It's, it's a perfectly satisfying ending. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I think, I think, uh, those kids are, uh, they're up and comers. Yep. That Warren Ellison, that Phil Hester. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, big things are ahead Some, of them. Kids to watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good job, guys. Indeed. And and uh, I mean, I, I talked a lot about Warren Ellis uh, during this, but but I cannot stress enough how awesome Phil Hester is, yeah. just in general. Uh, you know, even I, I know he's done a lot of you know stuff for DC and Marvel, but you know, like like yeah, we reviewed the Coffin, you know, a couple oh, yeah. years ago that, was that he wrote, you know. Uh, so, and, and so, you know, just proving that he is just as good a writer as he is an artist, right. and he's great at both. Uh, you know, this, I, he's definitely one of those guys that I think of when I always go back to my old refrain about, you know, like, that's a guy I'd rather see do his own thing. You yeah, know? right. Yeah. Than, than like Batman or whatever. Right, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. he's awesome at that, but, yeah. you know, 
Let's see more shipwreck and less you his, know, the his, flash. Oh, he has a lot of creativity. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to want to want to want to break off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Heck yeah, let's do it. All right.
Hi, welcome back to Gutter Trash, I believe it's called. Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we've changed the name yet. Not yet. Yeah. No. Well, hey. Hey. Yeah. What's happened? Nothing. Um, you revealed a little bit about my therapy a couple minutes ago. That oh, was yeah. weird. Yeah. To do publicly. Yeah, you did. It wasn't me. You I know. It. it was you me. Did. It was yeah. all me. It's, yeah. it's my fault. Everything is my fault. <laughs> Sounds like you're doing great there. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, my, uh, oh, did I mention my cord zone shot? Yeah. Did, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, we're both doing great then. Yeah. Oh, I turned 40. Oh, that's big. You're old now. I am old. I'm officially old now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Welcome to the club. Yeah, yeah. just just last uh, last Saturday, as, how was as of this recording. How was it? Uh, had its ups and downs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, had had some 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 disappointment and and some heartache. Uh, but then uh, then I had to uh, get up and uh, go to work early on a Saturday <laughs> on my birthday. So, so that was fun. I'm sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, I drank for the first time in like six months. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, ultimately it, it ended okay. Uh, I hung out with, uh, probably someone who I would consider my best friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't think they consider me that, but, you know, that's fine. Uh, but, uh, you know, a good time was had. Right, right, right. Well, I, uh, yeah. I uh, don't even remember my 40th birthday. Yeah, yeah. Um, 30 was extremely difficult for me. Yeah. 40 was just like every other one. I I don't remember 30, but also that was 10 years ago. Right. I barely remember two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> you barely remember turning 40. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I honestly cannot tell you what happened on my 30th. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing I probably went out to dinner with my parents. Right. Yeah. Seems like the thing I usually do. <laughs> I, I don't know if I was uh, dating anyone at the time or not. I think I might have been. Ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like that was... That's when we did drawing night at my uh, yeah. house with Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was not dating anyone at that point in time. You were she dating had me. Already you had just started me. dating me. I had just started dating you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well... Ten years ago, on my birthday, is sort of when something else got birthed. Oh? The idea for this very podcast. Wow, yeah, yeah. Because a month later, we started doing this. Wow. So I think right around that time is when I maybe started purchasing equipment, like microphones and stuff. That's crazy. So so that's what was happening nearish my 30th birthday. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Craziness, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's been a it's been a while. It has been a while. Oh well, yeah, it's been quite a while. <laughs> um Yeah, how many episodes is this? What what numbers is this? This is episode three seventy nine. Wow. Yeah. Officially. Mm -hmm. We've yeah. we've had bonus episodes and so, yeah, random things. Close to four hundred then, you know, thereabouts. Probably a little over. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so 40. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm old. Hmm. I'm getting gray. I'm losing my hair. Uh, my 
my my shoulder hurts for for reasons that I have no idea why. Oh yeah, yeah. that's fun. I'm, uh, I'm alone. I still live in the same apartment I've lived in for the last twenty years. Um, I still have the same job I've had for the last twelve. Um, huh. that all sounds very exciting. Oh, deep breaths. Don't forget to breathe. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we all just had a little anxiety attack here, right here in the studio. Oh, man. Um. Aretha Franklin died today. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, does does that mean it would be in poor taste to start our punk band Aretha Franklin? Or is that a proper homage? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think it is both Aretha. Urethra, urethra, frankly, yeah, I think it is a poor taste and a proper homage. Right? Yeah, yeah. she would be, probably be proud. Oh well, yeah. Well, and also the bass player from DOA died, uh, <clears throat> so maybe they're starting their own punk band, Urethra, frankly, awesome. in heaven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great. It's just her and Randy Rabbit. I think his name was Randy Rampage or something, but yeah, he's he's gone too. Okay, gone, but apparently forgotten. Because I can't remember. His name. <laughs> I've never heard of him. No. Never oh. DOA. Nope. Never of them. So the only time I ever really bought one of their albums is in the like late '80s, early '90s. They did an album with Jello Biafra. Okay. And it was pretty cool. It was like him singing with just them playing right. the back band, backing band. It's a it's a thing he's done before. Yeah. Right. He's, yeah. He's done it with better bands and worse bands. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. But but yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I liked that one. But yeah. So, I don't know, who's the third celebrity? Don't they usually go in threes? Usually? Yeah, usually. Uh, we haven't gotten them yet. I don't know. Although, I guess, you know, the bass player from DOA might be stretching the term celebrity a bit. <laughs> well, and I, and don't get me wrong, I actually like Aretha Franklin's music. Mm-hmm. I didn't know she was alive until yesterday yeah. when I heard she was dying. Right. And I was like, oh. <clears throat> I mean, I just think of her like Etta James and Billie Holiday from that whole crew yeah. and Billy Holiday's been dead a long time and Ed James is also dead not not that long ago but um I just honestly didn't know she was still alive. Yeah. So. Okay. Well she was a year younger than my dad. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she just seems my like dad's she's... still alive. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, maybe he could be the new ba- bass player from a DOA. Is Probably. He is he a fourth th- string throbber? <laughs> I remember thinking, this was years ago, I think when my dad was like 69 years old, and I remember like listening to the radio or something like that, and the, you know, like actual like terrestrial radio, and you know, whatever station I was listening to, I was like, hey, and a big happy birthday to Lemmy Kilmister of uh, Motorhead, wow. you know, he turned 69 today. I was like, Lemmy and my dad are the exact same age. <laughs> and it blew my mind for a while. <laughs> it was just like, how did they end up so different? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they both 
enjoy alcoholic beverages. Sure, sure. sure. And, you know, like uh, moles, angry white guys. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not really that different. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> Comic conventions coming up? Are you going to? Are you going to go to the Cincy show next week? I don't know. Uh, my friend Bruce was talking about procuring some tickets, uh, and, and asked me if I felt like going. But that was a while ago, and that thing was expensive. It is, and uh, I haven't heard much since. But uh, I'm supposed to meet up with him sometime in the next week or so. So. Maybe I'll find out then. I I went there two years ago and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. But at the same time, I I couldn't believe how much money I was paying just to get in the door. It was like thirty dollars a ticket. It was thirty five, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I looked this year. Is it forty? Fifty? I, I can't. I I actually didn't look at the price, and I just kind of looked at their website to see who was there, and I honestly didn't even make it to the comics uh, creator section, which is weird yep. I just looked at the like celebrity section sure and I saw there was three people that did voices from the original G.I. Joe cartoons there okay. and I was like that's pretty sweet sure and then I just like got busy at work and didn't end up looking at the comic creators that are going to be there but yeah. but even if there aren't any great comic creators it'd be kind of fun to talk to it was like Flint, Duke, and Lady J. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty, pretty cool. I mean, but do you want to pay a hundred dollars each to uh, talk to those people? Flint signs for free. Ooh, the other signs for free. Yeah, but just to <laughs> see them still costs you know, like forty bucks. Probably, probably to get a photo or something. Yeah, yeah. But no, I. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I would say anything to any of them. Right. But yeah. you know, what what do you say? Like, hey, when I was. A kid, I liked what you said on the cartoon. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, like God bless voice actors, and then, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're talented people and all that, but, uh, yeah, I got, I got nothing to say to anybody. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at least comic creators, I can be like, I, you know, I really loved your work here, and it's right, influenced right. me, and it's something I enjoyed from years, you know, years to come, probably too, but, but for, for yeah, for the G.I. Joe voice actors, it's like, I'll probably never watch another. G.I. Joe cartoon. I mean, it's feasible that I will, but it's also feasible that I won't right. for the rest of my life. And yeah. uh, they did, certainly didn't influence me in any way. Sure. I just enjoyed the, what they did. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Even uh, even with comic creators, I don't, I don't feel like I would have much to say. Mm-hmm. And, and often haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Makes def- for some awkward uh, <laughs> events. I've definitely met people where I just got their signature and went away, but right. it's usually because either they're busy, like maybe like the table mates sort of chatting with them about signing or something. And right. I just kind of like say thanks, but yeah. there's been a few where I've definitely wanted to talk to them about, like I've you know, mentioned an anecdote about like what their book meant to me or whatever. Right, right. But yeah, for the most part, yeah, it's like famous people are, you know, you, you obviously like what they did. Right. So, like, to tell them that seems redundant, and then to tell them anything about um, your life seems like a waste of their time. Right. No, so, yeah, absolutely. So it's like, yeah, it's usually I just kind of yeah. keep it to myself. Uh, I mean, like, like, I've I've had conversations with comic creators in the past, and, and some of them have, have gone well. Uh, some of them have 
in where, you know, like, I, I like this person, I like their work, but uh, they're just talking to me, and I just kind of want to go away. <laughs> right. Uh, so, like, it's on them, <laughs> and it's weird, and I don't want to be, you know, because I do appreciate their work and everything, I don't want to be the asshole in that situation. It's right. like, I don't want to talk to you. Right. You, know? <laughs> you could be using this time to draw more comics. Right. Uh, but then, like, you know, there are creators I've met where I was like, I, I, I want to talk to them, but, like, you know, I just have that weird social anxiety thing where, right. like, I just got nothing to say. Yeah. Or, or, or cannot per- say the words properly right. that, that would express, like, you know, what they mean, you know, and then, like you said, you know, like, telling them about how, like their work has impacted my life just seems like well, they probably don't even want to hear that right you know? yeah yeah probably not i mean i bet when you know you first start out being a professional comic artist you're like blown away that people are digging what you do and you're excited right. to talk to fans and some people still seem to be able to muster that excitement right like years into their career but for the most part i feel like yeah you know you're just like you're just one more person saying like how great they are and right, it just right. gets boring for them I'm sure unless you're John Byrne and that's all you want to hear yeah <laughs> well he's trying to fill a void oh yeah and uh, it'll never get filled and he'll just continue to be an awful person that knows how to draw really well used to yeah I yeah I honestly think <laughs> his his like 80s superhero art I I honestly can't think of a mainstream comic artist from that time period that I like better. Right. Like, like art, even Art Adams, when Art Adams first started out, like, it was like, a little rough. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of rough, but when I think back to like the John Byrne X-Men's and FF's and oh, whatnot, yeah. I mean, it is, it is still as solid looking today as when I was like 12 years old and first yeah. saw it. Like he's, he, he did some great work. I agree. I would say Mike Zek is pretty close up there at, at the time. I think he's in Cincy this year. Really? I'm pretty sure. I think he charges for autographs. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've not checked uh, to see who's going to be there or not. I guess uh, if I find out that I'm going, I'll, I'll probably make a point to look to see who's going right. to be there. But I may just use it to scour... Cheap yeah. And, oh, yeah. I found some amazing stuff there for the Bewildering blog. Because <clears throat> right. I think that's when I first started that I so, blog. Yeah. I found such a great stack at that show, like some of the best ones. So I would kind of like to go back just to see if there's you know, right. similar things there. But well, let, me, let me see what I can do. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk off there. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, there's a convention in October that I'll actually be, uh, tabling at, so, gotta, gotta start thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, gotta, gotta, got a book I want to try to yeah. put out by then, and I yeah. uh, just realized that that is <laughs> rushing on me soon here. It's and like, gotta, uh, two months, yeah? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I don't know what's happened to me, but, uh, productivity-wise, I've just, uh, Really fucking blown it for the last three mm. months. Yeah. Me too, but mostly uh, the last month I haven't drawn a single thing because my my hands have been on fire and well, bleeding. Sure. And, yeah. uh, they they split open every time you touch a pencil. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, you 
should probably just learn how to dip a pen into your blood and ink it that way. It would be easier. It would be super metal. I've definitely bled on <laughs> two of the last three drawings I've done. Yeah. So. But uh, we'll see. We'll yeah. see how that goes. I think, I think you're taking the the kiss thing uh, to, <laughs> to to extremes. Yeah, I'm gonna leave like actual flaky pieces of skin embedded <laughs> into the ink. It's pretty. It's pretty pretty hardcore. Yeah. For for the next uh, sparkle book you do, you should just uh, send like a, a vial of like your your elbow shavings. Yeah. <laughs> to each to each reader. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was it, uh, I think it was when, uh, one of the guys from Negative Land died. They cremated yeah. him and, uh, <laughs> like gave little pieces of his ashes, like with their last album. Yeah. Yeah. They were like included as a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like perfect for them. I mean, sure. it's perfect for their sense of humor. I'm sure he would have loved that. <laughs> I think, I think they even said something like, this may well have been like, Something he would have approved, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah. Those guys are awesome. Well, I guess. Uh, what are we gonna uh, pick a comic? I guess. Yeah. Is it that time already? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I got. I, I got, got nothing else got exciting happening. No. Uh, nothing, nothing I can talk about. I guess. Um, so I guess I'll pick a comic then. I love comics. Yeah, well, hopefully you'll love this one. Is it by Gerard Jones? <laughs> oh, God. Should we talk about that? Oh, sure. Okay. I've been reading uh, the Justice League Internationals by Giffen and D. Mateus. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I recently noticed... A lot of them were written by Gerard Jones, and I was like, wait a minute, who's that? The name sounds familiar, and I looked it up, and it's the guy that did Prime, and he was, you know, in this whole, like, child molestation scandal, yeah. like, a year ago. Uh, and so I didn't buy any of those, like, I haven't bought any of them yet, out of the, I mean, it's not like he gets any money, I'm just buying them in 50 cent boxes, right, but, right. but I'm like, I don't even know if I want to read that. And then you recently, after I told you this plight, I was like, I don't know if I want to read these. Yeah. Then you were like, hey, guess what? This is what happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, like a week ago when I stopped into Mavericks, uh, uh, this wasn't the first time this has happened, but uh, somebody like sold a collection to you guys, and there was like a good majority of it that you guys couldn't have used. Yeah. Uh, but the guy also did not want them, so yeah, he's like, take them, right? Give so them away. That's what he said. He's like, give them away. Yeah, and uh, you did to me. Yeah, most of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was it? It was literally a a a stacked short box, uh, like I mean, to the point where like you could not flip through them oh, to yeah. look, uh, and like two full grocery bags. Of comics yeah. that I took. <laughs> right. For free? For free. Uh, and a lot of those were the Justice League Europe's and Justice League Internationals that Gerard Jones had written. Yeah. And, uh, I already had a lot of them anyway, uh, from, from back when I was collecting all those books. And, uh, th there's like a 13 part crossover 
between Justice League America and Justice League Europe. Yeah. Uh, where Gerard Jones wrote half of them. And so I asked you if uh, you would want them at all. And and you struggled with your morals for a while. No, right? <laughs> I like I kind of think I will read the ones that cross over with sure. with JLI, but I don't I don't think I'm going to read the other ones. Yeah, yeah. Probably just give them to somebody else. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. So he's in he's a uh, he's in jail recently. Uh, I think as of yesterday, he is uh, he was sentenced to six years in prison. Wow. For, Do you think he'll die in prison? Do you think he'll be murdered? Pedophiles don't usually fare well. Yeah, I was say, doesn't that usually happen? Yeah, yeah they, they at least get mistreated or, or beaten up or, or murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, unless he, like, throws himself into, like, solitary confinement, so yeah. he doesn't get that. But, uh, yeah, the pedophiles don't fare well. Right. At least stereotypically in, you know, every prison movie or right. TV show I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. and you, yeah, I mean, I mean, part of you is like, oh, that sucks. You know, he's probably going to get murdered, but then right. you're like, oh, wait a minute. He f- tried to fuck children. Yeah. Or, so or that's at least, fine. You know, was, was complicit in the fucking of children. Yeah. Uh, so that's probably fine then. Yeah. He gets murdered. Right. I mean, I guess. Maybe. It's, I mean, I don't like the idea of anybody getting murdered, sure. but at the same time, pedophiles like, kind of, yeah. They don't that's get probably the sympathy. Fine. That's probably fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is one of those things where, like, I have all those books that he has written, you know, it's like, you know, it is the knowledge of, of the monster that he is yeah. going to affect, you know, any kind of rereading yeah. of those. Yeah, I, I think it will when I read those. I mean, it'll be hard not to, I mean, obviously just because we've talked about it and it'll be, I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember it saying it'll be hard sure, not to, right, but, right. but even if we hadn't, like, yeah. I, I think it would be worse if, like, you do read, you know, one of those things, and then there's, like... It's just a scene with some kids in right, it. Right, or, yeah. or something bad happening to kids yeah, or something like that. Right. And I know, like, some people have pointed out there's, like, kind of a storyline. He was writing Green Lantern for a while, uh, and there's a storyline where, like, Hal Jordan, like, fell in love with, like, a fellow Green Lantern who also happened to be, like, a teenage girl... Uh, and so people are like pointing to that as like, like this now has a whole new super weird gross connotation to right. it, or the fact that he wrote Prime, which was essentially a sort of a Shazam ripoff, where yeah. a little boy becomes you know a giant man superhero. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's weird. <clears throat> I, I do know that. I had a Martian Manhunter book that he wrote, and it was, I guess I had forgotten that he had written a bunch of those Justice League Europe's and Internationals at one point, and, uh, and I don't think I have any Green Lanterns that he ever wrote or anything like that, but I knew that I had that Martian Manhunter series, and, like, as soon as, like, the news of that came out, I, like, got rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't I think know. I, yeah. You know, it, it's... <clears throat> It's weird too. It's almost like, uh, because you're like horrified by it being unexpected. Right. It's almost like if, if news came out tomorrow that, um, Tim Vigil had murdered like a dozen hookers, mm. I'd be like, 
well, that seems about right. You know, <laughs> like, like I'm not gonna get rid of my Faust comics <laughs> because we all we all saw that coming. Sure, but but when it's like the guy that writes like this comedy superhero thing right. does something really like dark. Yeah. Like, I mean, plus pedophilia is way worse than murder. I mean, it just is. Yeah. No, I agree. So, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. I think that's part of it too. Is just like the nature of what he wrote is like kind of this uplifting, happy stuff. You know, like fun, right, like right, roller coaster ride kind of stuff. And then yeah, it's just creepy and yeah. Um, it does remind me a little bit of uh, the guy who directed the uh, Jeepers Creepers movies. Yeah, uh, he he's a convicted pedophile. Uh, you know. And, um, like, I saw the first Jeepers Creepers, but, like, I didn't know anything about that guy. It was mm-hmm. just on TV, and it's a fucking terrible movie anyway. But then, like, once I found out, like, about that guy, I was just like, oh, well, for sure I'm never going to see, you know, any of these yeah. other Jeepers Creepers movies. Or anything else that that guy ever did, like, Powder, whatever the movie he tried to fuck a boy in. Oh, my gosh. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, my wife the other day said she wanted to show powder to the boys because mm-hmm. we were like thinking about sci-fi movies. I was like, I was like, you know, that guy's a pedophile, right? She's like, okay, then we're not gonna. Yeah. We ended up watching Phenomenon, and I kind of wish we would have watched Powder. <laughs> it's <laughs> almost the same. Movie, right? Phenomenon was better than Powder. I've seen them both, no. but but yeah, neither one, neither one great. No, no, not for sure. I, I saw Phenomenon uh, at a two thirty a.m. screening before the movie opened. Wow. Uh, made made me cry. I like Robert Duvall. In it. Sure, he's great. Yeah. Forrest Whitaker's fine, yeah, yeah. but yeah. <clears throat> then there's the rest of it. Well, yeah. Um, but no, yeah. So, like recently, is it Dynamite or Boom that are putting out Dynamite? Yeah, Cheaper Cheaper Comics. Yeah. And the guy writing that is Mark Andreco, who is a very outspoken liberal. Uh, and, you know, very, very out and proud, you know, homosexual. He, like, helped organize that Love is Love book that came okay. out, uh, yeah. you know, last year. Um, and, you know, and on Twitter, he, he's very political and, you know, like, he's definitely been against, like, the whole, you know, you know, separating of, of families, you know, with the, with the, you know, immigration ban and all that. And, He's writing the Jeepers Creepers comic, and I'm just like, this is just a weird yeah. thing. Why would he do that? That is, I mean, I guess at least the storyline of Jeepers Creepers isn't about that, but, no. it, but it's like you associate it still, right? Yeah, and, and from what I've heard, even like the the second movie does have a little bit of weird sort of, you know, like all the actors are like over eighteen and everything like that, but they're all playing high schoolers, right? And, yeah, it's a little saucy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's unfortunate. And, and but yeah, it just seems like he would be the type of person who would want to distance himself, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. So so unless found... he's taking it back, he's like, I'm taking back Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that's you know, like I was never gonna read that book anyway because again, like whether that guy's a pedophile or not, that movie fucking sucked. Right. <laughs> right. Um, uh, but, you know, knowing that, it's like, why would that guy choose to, oh, yeah. to work? 
if not, I mean, I guess he's not working directly with that guy, but it's Probably still yeah. something that is heavily associated with him. You know? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot that Dynamite puts out that I would want to be associated with, really, but, sure. but still. Mars Attacks coming out. Oh, huh? is it them? Yep. I was thinking that was IDW. Yeah, they, they currently have the Mars Attacks, but Dynamite is coming Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's Will. You know, I guess I... I guess I hope he doesn't get married. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, like... I'm not actively wishing harm upon that guy. Yeah, yeah, me neither. You know, being thrown in prison for six years, you know, should be good enough if, you know, maybe, maybe longer. But uh, I'm also not going to particularly be sad if something happens to him either. Right. Because... It's fucked up. Pedophiles get... They lose all human rights. As far as I'm concerned, right? They yeah. they don't get allowed to have a say in anything anymore, because they willfully harmed right. children that have no no idea what's happening. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yep. Well, so we should we write him a letter? Sure. Yeah. Of support. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Can you still write prisoners' letters? Probably. I don't know. I'm sure. I know you yeah. could ten years ago, but right. who knows what happens. It's true. No. It's true. But yeah, that's just weird. Yeah. yeah. But, hmm. So there you go. There's a comic world news for you. <laughs> From three weeks ago. Yeah. Possibly more, whenever you're listening. To this. Yep. Uh, so I guess I'll pick a comic now. Yeah. Prime? <laughs> No, but I am going to pick an Archie comic. Really? Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, I think, if you're down, that uh, I would like to read The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Let's do that. All right. I, I would like to read that, actually. All right. Uh, so, yes, published by Archie. Not exactly what anybody thinks of as an Archie comic, though. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one that I think took a while to come out, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, after Love with Archie, both just uh, trickle out. All right. Yeah, but but there's at least enough for a trade of each at this point. So sweet. Yeah. And you own them? I, I own nice. uh, Chilling Adventures. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I, I believe uh, I want to say Joe G and I reviewed. Uh, Afterlife, Afterlife uh, oh. on on one of uh, your nervous breakdown sabbaticals. Oh. Oh. It could have been could have been any time. Yeah, yeah. Who knows which one? <laughs> one of the three. Yeah, yeah. There's probably another one coming. <laughs> That's fine. Might want to have Joji on on deck. Uh, I had the last one, so I mean, it is my turn. Yeah, it okay. is your turn. Yeah. Yeah, we try to keep it even. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, it's after we read the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Hopefully so. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, check back in a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, then. Well, good night, everyone. Good night. Don't fuck children. No, it's bad. Yep. That's one to grow up. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to Gutter Trash. You can subscribe to the show from guttertrash.net or from iTunes and leave us a review. Visit guttertrash.net for email information and for other podcasts and websites in the Gutter Trash Network. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. We'll be right back.